Hello, welcome to the Azarum Podcast. Hello. 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 I'm Brian, and this week I'm joined by Dave and Liam. Yeah, hiya. I'm back finally after two weeks. Although I was in the Resident Evil 7 one, but that came out in a weird order. Mm. We recorded that before we recorded the two previous episodes. Yes, we did. So, I travelled forward in time to be in that episode. It's breaking the illusion. Welcome back to, to this paradox episode of the Azarum Podcast. Like yeah. like um, Eric Bischoff's theme in WWE... I'm back, and I'm better than ever. Of a knack for making things better. Except he didn't make WCW better, he killed it. Along with Vince Russo. But that's another story. Was WCW the one that had David Arquette in it? That's the one, yeah. It's my <laughs> favourite wrestling story ever. <laughs> he was their, their world champion for like a month. Oh. Um, so this is not a wrestling podcast. Nope. It's a video it's game podcast. It's a bullseye podcast. It is, yeah. Um, so we're back uh, after... I guess we took a week off, and last week we released a special episode, which yeah. I guess maybe some people wouldn't have listened to to avoid yeah. spoilers. And yeah. some people might have listened to it, uh, but it's up in the air as to how well they followed it, so let us know. Yeah. Did you understand it? Did, did you? Did, did you enjoy it? Have you played Resident Evil? What do you think? Should we have Johnny back permanently? Should we have Johnny back? We could just have him have a Resident Evil segment, five <laughs> minutes at the end of each podcast, Johnny he tells talks. you what you're doing wrong. <laughs> Johnny talks for five minutes about how much he loves Resident Evil 4. And I think Johnny plays a lot of decent games, though. He does. He does. So, I mean, he mentioned the, the Yakuza games as well. He's playing five just now on mm-hmm. the PS3, and we're potentially going to talk about like Yakuza 0 at some point in the future. Yeah. Yeah. He's playing Uppers at the moment. Yeah, Uppers is a Vita-exclusive game that was only released in Japan, made by Marvelous, which uh, I think is the same dev team that made Seren Kagura. But the gimmick, do you know what the gimmick for it is? Well, I thought you were just talking about drugs. You... No, it, it also takes uppers as well. But uh, no, um... Strong Zero is a downer. <laughs> well, that's a different conversation for a different time. Now, um, basically the gimmick for uppers is that um, you, as, you you play as guys in it, exclusively guys, except for one DLC character who's from Seneca Girl. But um, <clears throat> the gimmick is that it's just all melee fist fighting and your character gets stronger depending on how many lasses are cheering them on. Uh-huh. Okay. So... Um, that's the gimmick. That's the game. Cool. You basically get all the get all the the birds, and then they cheer you on. Go on, Moon then smash his face in, and he surrounded, and that's that's it. That sounds like fun. And thank you for the context as well. <laughs> Did we have a a game quote to reveal? We do. So a couple of weeks ago, I left you with the game quote. Come on, you big drip. Where you going? And nobody got in touch. I don't know what it's from. It's from Sonic Adventure. After you beat the first boss. Oh, um, Chaos Z- Zero? Type Type Zero, I think, yeah. yeah. So uh, he just turns into a puddle and goes down the drain. Come on, you big drip! Where you going? Come on, you big drip! Where you going? And then Eggman's standing on top of a building and he's like, Fool, you know nothing! And it's all very... Badly acted. <laughs> yeah. That was when Ryan Drummond was Sonic, is that right? Pass. Is it the... The one that everybody wanted to keep being Sonic, but he was actually not very good at being Sonic. Right. Um, Who voices Sonic now? Uh, the same guy that voices Chris Redfield in Resident Evil 5. Ah, sucks. cool. We'll have another one later on in the episode? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? We've got we've got some news. We have do. We? We've got some news before then. The big news is I'm quitting video games. No, you're not. No, it's not true. I've got many video games to play. Because um, they're all going out the window for games. one new video game. Can I start with Destiny 2? Do you want to start with that? Uh, maybe. Should we do something else first? No, let's go I'm, for I'm it. very excited. We'll Des- start with Destiny 2 and finish two podcast time when you finish with Destiny 2. Best foot forward. Let's do it. Destiny 2 got revealed. <gasps> Destiny 2, the second of my favourite video game. Maybe. <laughs> so actually, I was looking at a heat map of the time I spent on Destiny 1. Okay. 
this morning, and uh, I played pretty much entire of 2015. Yep. And then if you look at 2016, it's all blank apart from when Rise of Iron came out. <laughs> and then this year there's like a few drips and drabs. And then now there's a big block where um, Age of Trance came out. We spoke about that uh, yeah. on a couple of podcasts ago. So it's kind of been uh, an open secret or it's been leaked it a few times or... Certainly alluded to as well. Yeah. It, years ago, there was a sort of Destiny roadmap got leaked and we saw their... Uh, current plans then, which had changed, but we always kind of knew that there was going to be another massive Destiny release. Uh, and this was announced, I think, a week ago or mm-hmm. during the week. Um, it actually got leaked immediately before the reveal. Somebody started po- posting posters, like photos of them, uh, showing new, like a Titan, a Warlock, and a Hunter. Mm-hmm. And it said Destiny 2 in Spanish or something. It said Destiny 2. Um, and Destiny Havos 2. Uh, yeah, uh, oh, and said September 8th it was coming out, and then all of that was confirmed, uh, and they released a pretty sweet trailer. Has everyone seen the trailer? I've seen both of them, yeah. Yeah, Dave, there's been a couple, right? Yeah. Dave doesn't like the trailer, because he doesn't like Cade 6. No, I think he talks too much. Yeah. Uh, the, the rest of the trailer's fine. Like, I like that they're, they're continuing having the three class leaders. Mm. That's good, because yeah. it keeps a consistency between the first game. And end of the second because it's obviously totally different. You've completely decided. They've already justified like none of your loot's coming. Like, yeah, to justify that in the trailer, which is also good. I will admit that he does sort of. They are trying to sort of ape Deadpool's success with Cade Six. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think the thing that's important to remember about Cade Six is before the Taken King, Destiny was a very dry, yeah, game full of. Bad exposition. Yeah, the, he was obviously going to be the easiest one to start with because he's got a lot of potential. He was like yeah. a snarky character. They could really flesh him out really easily. So it was good that they went with that, but I think it's... Starting to wear thin. It's the, the joke's running a bit dry with me now. But yeah. that's just me. Obviously, a lot of people did like the trailer. It's kind of like coverage, so it's working, which is fine. So. so so there were two theatrical teasers. Yeah, the first one is Cade sitting in a bar and he starts a story where he's like, I was just in a boring meeting when... Pow! And it's an explosion. Uh, which actually, the first teaser confirmed people's suspicions, which were that the, because uh, the leaks had the city on fire. Mm. You could mm. see it, and people were like, well, obviously now the tower is going to get destroyed. Yeah. Um, and then people were like, it's probably the Cabal. I think we kind of knew the Cabal were gearing up to attack, or there was leaks saying that that was the next expansion was going to be Cabal. So people have been expecting Cabal to be the big thing for a while. So mm-hmm. now they've appeared, they've attacked the tower and the city, which are like the last bastion of humanity on Earth. Um, everywhere outside of there, humanity is all but wiped out. So this is a pretty big uh, thing in the Destiny lore and mm-hmm. world. Um, so he's sitting in the bar, and then it turns out that the bar is actually in the city as it's being destroyed, and he's not supposed to be drinking. Yes, yeah. he just uh, gets up at the end and starts running back yeah. into the fight. It's, and then it, it's pretty cool, actually. I mean, it's um, it's Nathan Fillion, yeah. that does the voice of Cade Six. See, the first trailer I thought was like for a wee teaser. It's fine. Pretty fun. It worked yeah. really, it worked really well. I just wish that the second one was a bit more serious. That was my only yeah. issue. That's so, the thing. Destiny. So, sorry, I was just going to say. So the second trailer also features the voice of Lance Reddick. Yeah, that's uh, Zavala. Yes, uh, Commander Zavala. He's in Person of Interest? No. He's in some a few things. He's in a bunch he's of stuff. He's in John Wick. Yeah. And he's in Fringe. He Fringe, plays, that's the one. He plays the, uh, the leader of a government agency. Yeah. And he's a really great actor, and his, his voice is really memorable. He's really into Destiny as well. Yeah. He's, kinda, he's not a gamer. 
he's only in it because he's an actor and oh, they paid a bunch of actors to be in it. He's in Horizon Zero Dawn as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before Destiny, I don't think he was much of a gamer, but he says he's played through Destiny. He started doing it just to hear himself. Apparently he's quite into like the world and stuff like that, which uh-huh. is kind of okay. fun. I don't, I can't imagine Bill Nye playing Destiny. No, probably um, not. No. no. There was a, an, an AMA with Nathan Fillion and another guy who was in Destiny for something else. I think it was like, maybe it was a, um, Firefly reunion. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I think, um, the woman who, uh, is the, um, his sort of comrade from the wars in mm. Firefly, it's, she's in it as well. Yeah, I think she's the other, um, anyway, so they were doing the AMA and, and they were talking about it, but they obviously don't really understand Destiny. Okay. So Nathan Fillion is in it. He's one of the bigger characters and he has a very poor grasp of what's actually happening, which is kind of funny. So yeah, like you were saying, there was, um, they've justified the fact that it's resetting. Mm-hmm. So the justification is the tower's gone and your stuff has been blown up. That sets a weird precedent because what are they going to do next time there's a sequel? They'll have to have another in-game justification. I thought that they should just do away with it and not justify it. Just mm. say, listen, it's a new game. You're starting again. Um, which is fine because there's a precedent for that in games. If yeah. it's a sequel, you just start from the beginning again. Um, I mean, is there any possibility that, I mean, this is really looking far into the future, yeah. but if they do a Destiny 3, for example, yeah. is there any reason why they would have to take your gear away and make you start from the first step again? It's true, because the reason why they tend to take gear away at the moment is I think they're... um, In the first game, the way they would do it is by just not upgrading your stuff. Mm. So they'd be like, oh, you can't upgrade that. It's not upgradable. Um, And the reason is obviously to keep balance tight. They don't want to have everything be, let's say, viable or legal, because then balancing the whole game is tedious and gets Mm -hmm. hard. Um, so the reason why your stuff from the first year isn't coming forward is because it would uh, potentially break the game. Mm-hmm. We don't know what they're wanting to do. PC is now being released. That's one of the big reveals that's been confirmed. Oh, cool. So the way they do um, gun stats is aim assist is actually a stat. Mm-hmm. So eight different guns will have different amounts of aim assist. So that then changes it with PC because PC um, traditionally doesn't really have aim assist. It doesn't work that well on PC. No. So there's another reason why guns from the first one won't carry forward is because you would have to change the guns um, fundamentally to make them work on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, so then maybe going forward to three, there maybe is less reason because they can plan ahead and say, well, we're on PC now. We're doing all this. Um, but it would remain to be seen. Also, I guess um, Destiny 2 is sort of a... in in-game reboot like it's the the lore isn't rebooting but the game is if that mm. makes sense so the mechanics and just the infrastructure for the game is rebooting and it's going to be completely different the way it handles it um so you could say that um there's no reason for them to do destiny 3 because all the issues from destiny 1 they've maybe hopefully fixed them sure so it might uh, just be ongoing patches yeah. and additional content because yeah, it was always going to be a 10 year plan was what they said but then they've went back on that obviously it feels a lot like they've kind of no retcon destiny 1 a bit but like um it's been used as a certainly like a way to set the scene yeah. and destiny 2 and further games are going to be actually like actual progression of the story because yeah. there was not much progression of story in destiny 1 it was like things that happened around it yeah. It was like we kind of villain of the well, not exactly villain of the week stuff, but it was like things like this happens and now everything's back to normal. This happens yeah. and everything's back to normal. You'd get kind of the the start of the story if people don't know is like I'm not going to explain the whole lore of Destiny actually because it's massive. But the start the first game 
kind of set up this premise and then mm-hmm. never explored it. Yeah. So the the first, like Dave says, some big bad shows up and you have to gear up to fight him. You fight him. Then that's the end of that expansion. Yep. Second expansion, exact same thing. The Taken King, they're all really good separate stories, but um, the actual main Destiny premise has not been ex- like developed since year one. Yeah. yeah. Nobody knows what the Traveler is doing ever since ever. Yeah. Maybe we'll find out now. Um, I'm very see. excited. Yeah. I pre-ordered a, it. Oh, the gameplay reveal is on May 18th. So yeah. I, will, I will have a look at it there. If it looks... If it looks fun, I'll get back in because I've not played for about a year and a half, yeah. I think. Mm. Um, so, like I was saying to Liam earlier, I don't support the notion that they're doing a full reboot. I would rather they didn't for the core player base's sake, but it makes sense that they're doing that. And obviously for the reasons Liam explained, like, how, like some of the guns are obviously not going to work, and then you've got like power creep. So like obviously the light, light levels are like 320? 400 now. 400 now. It kind of just keep increasing for game to game. It will just get ludicrous. Mm. So... I've reset, it's the most logical thing today. It allows me to get back in on square one. Just depends on how it looks, so I'm cautiously optimistic. We'll see how it goes. And that's the thing as well. Um, the system in Destiny has evolved, so leveling has changed mm-hmm. since the very start of Destiny. <clears throat> the way you upgrade gear has changed since the very start of Destiny. The way gear yeah. works has changed since the very start of Destiny, so stats aren't even the same. But all of that stuff is still present in the game, so anything else, when they change it, they don't scrap it, they kind of build on top of it and yeah. negate the old stuff. Mm-hmm. And going forward, they can't keep building on top of stuff and having things grandfathered in that don't actually do anything or yeah. work. There's too much. Destiny is a game that has evolved a lot over the last three years to its benefit, but it kind of feels like the foundations were never there. I can only imagine it must be difficult for developers as yeah. well. Well, did you know that to build on top of the system that's yeah. not maybe doing all the things they want it to do? No. Um, one of the big things about Destiny 1 is, I don't know if you know that, it took them half an hour was it half an hour to do it to update? Like maybe they wanted to move one thing. Right. It would take them like half an hour to load up the map or the editor. Okay. So their, their game engine was built for last gen, um, and had to support both of them. And it took them hours to do even minor updates, uh, which is why content stopped coming out for Destiny. And they've now rebuilt a new engine for this game, which mm. can allow them to have ongoing content updates without taking Hours of manpower. And, sure. Um, yeah, the thing is, it, it works. It just takes a long time. Mm. And so I think the whole thing is, they know what they want Destiny to be now. Over the last three years of developing it and working out what happens and how thing, people interact with it and how they want people to play the game. Mm-hmm. They have a much better idea of what it should be now than when they started. Just that the foundation was never put in place for the game to actually support it well. Which makes Destiny 2 really exciting for somebody who loves Destiny yep. and loves what they've done with Destiny. Every step of the way, it's been better and better. People who don't like Destiny will always not like Destiny, I think. Sure. Um, I think Destiny isn't a game that's gonna, you're not gonna get lots of people picking it up now. No. But I think um, a good percentage of the player base will return hmm. um, and keep returning. I think Destiny is a game that has a very strong following, just not a very large following. Okay. It's big, but not massive. It was something that I did try out on console a few years back, Yeah. but I would be interested to try it on PC. Yeah. I, I typically uh, enjoy games that are played over a longer period on PC, whereas console is something I tend not to spend a great amount of time on. It's kind of it's the whole sitting down in front of the telly, put mm-hmm. something on kind of thing. See, I'm I'm, a, I'm predominantly a, P, a console gamer. I've console gamed my entire life. Yeah. Um, I, PC gaming, I've had PC gamed, but not anything 
great amount of time. I'm the other way. And as a year one Destiny player, I've been in Destiny since almost the beginning. Mm-hmm. PC coming to Destiny, I'm apprehensive. It's scary. Because the community for Destiny is one of the best communities I've ever played. And this is nothing to say that PC communities are bad. I'm not shitting on PC. I'm just saying there is a change coming. The dynamic of the community will change yeah. with an influx of new players. Mm-hmm. Um, that's inevitable. Yeah. And it's going to be shared server. No, that's not confirmed. Okay. People have speculated, but I don't think so. Pretty much I think what puts that in the ground is the fact that there is exclusive content for PlayStation 4. Confirmed. Till at least fall 2018. Yeah, if they ever give uh, actually release it for anyone else, because they never did for some that was on Destiny 1. The other things is um, Destiny the Game, the subreddit, has preemptively introduced new rules about uh, console flame wars. Mm. So that you're not allowed to even hint that somebody else's console is inferior. That's just no discussion of that is allowed. No comparison videos. Yeah, nothing. You're not allowed. If there's a joke, they said, if you're joking, that's fine. We we, we can recognize jokes, but we're going to err on the side of don't talk Supremacy about Supremacy and yeah. elitism and stuff. Talk so, about the game. Is this coming to Xbox as well? Yeah, Xbox, yeah. PC, and PS4. Right. Um, Xbox players have been... Like, as a PlayStation 4 player, I will be the first to pick up the flag and um, fight their fight and say, like, Xbox players get shit on by oh, Bungie yeah. and um, Activision for Destiny. Mm. They have content that they're not, you know, given ever. They're promised it. They're so, like, they say it's exclusive until this point and then everyone gets it. But then there's stuff that came out like two years ago that they still haven't got. They are definitely um, lesser citizens in the world of Destiny. Destiny is a non-exclusive exclusive for PlayStation 4. That's yeah. the easiest way to describe it. Like, it is, like, all the advertising, everything is to lead you to believe that it's on PlayStation, that it's on 4. PlayStation 4 and nothing else. But obviously it is everybody else's. Why would you? Because none of the decent, well, I mean, it's arguable if it's decent exclusive content, but it is exclusive content. It's like, it's not just like skins, it's weapons and stuff. Yeah, it is. Maps, I'd say it's so. all negligible. Like, you don't need to have it. Like, um, I think, was it Hawkmoon was an exclusive? Now there's stuff like a strike and some maps, mm-hmm. but they actually aren't the best. They're fine if you want to play new content. Um, but if you don't have them, you're not missing out. Yeah. But the thing is, like, even at E3, Destiny is always presented at the Sony panels. Mm. It's never anywhere else. Bungie don't do their own reveals. I mean, they do their streams, but if they were... Uh, actually, they reveal Destiny 2 to everyone now, but um, things like Sparrow Race and everything, that was all revealed at Sony's conferences. Sure. So it is, it's very much... Sony give them a lot of money. It's available everywhere, but if you're not playing it on PlayStation 4, the kind of feeling is you are not the priority. Yeah. And it makes me wonder if how PC will be handled. I'm kind of also concerned that PC will become the main development platform they'll develop it for pc predominantly and then really like do it secondary for everyone else but we'll see it's just it's going to be exciting if things change it is going to be you know you're kind of like i wonder how it'll come out we'll see like the the whole thing is going to be great like pc players are going to love destiny i think yeah well i mean I'm, i'm tempted to try it on pc yeah I wouldn't switch just because I yeah. invested so much time in the PlayStation 4 version of it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but I, if, if I was coming to it fresh, I might consider it, depending on um, who's playing where. That's the most important thing. Play yeah. where your friends Where play. your friends are. Because that's what Destiny is all about, is the social teamwork aspect of it. September 8th, 
that's when it comes out, Destiny 2. June or July, that's when the beta comes out. If you pre-order it for PlayStation 4, mm-hmm. not for anybody else, you <laughs> get early access to the beta, which I think implies that you will get access to it, but later, maybe. May 18th, that's the gameplay reveal, and that's that's the whole timeline now. It's good fun. They teased the trailer the day before the trailer, and then the trailer teases the gameplay reveal. Which is and then the gameplay thing. reveal teases the beta, and then in June or July, and then months, two months later, the game comes out. That's too much. Like hype only has a, a, a limited shelf life. Yeah, you yeah. will hype yourself out. Yeah. I really like these games. There's now a trend to announce a game and have it come out very soon. Yeah. Resident Evil Seven, stuff like that. Hyped Fallout Shelter. Yeah, it's maybe maybe not the the best example, but it was like, oh, you can get it now. Yeah. So I'm. I'm not going to pay too much attention to until the stuff's all out there. And that's all I am going to be hyping okay. for ages. I'm still going to bait you on the, the Facebook page whenever there's a new trailer. Yes. <laughs> um, cool. Dave, did you have anything? Uh, there was only one thing, because like, there's been kind of dry for news other than Destiny. It's just it's the run-up to E3 stuff doesn't tend to come out until like April or May when, when the big conferences start getting announced, people start announcing what's going to be there and stuff. So it's this kind of down period between... Um, was the last one GDC? Was GDC in February, March? I can't remember. Um, but there's this kind of dip between that, that and E3. So there's only been one thing that's really interested me, and that was um, it was actually a part of the April Fool stuff, which I mean, look, it was gash to be honest this year. Like the only things that I've really found amusing were the the Tekken controller one. Oh, that was yeah, it, the, the Eddie button. single button. I thought that was quite amusing. But Sega did one. It was actually a, a proper game they released, which I've not played yet. Um, called Eight Bit Bayonetta. On Steam, right, um, which is a free 2D size. Well, it looks a bit like um, Dun- uh, Ghosts and Goblins, or um, can't remember the Ghosts and Ghouls, Ghosts and Ghouls, or Super Ghouls and Ghosts. That's it. Um, we've got there in the end, but um, it's just a simple wee 2D platformer with um, a sort of chip tuned rendition of the Bay- the Bayonetta One theme. Mm-hmm. When you can complete it, it puts you through to a website which is a countdown timer which will end on April the 11th, I believe. Nobody seems to know what it is. There's nothing on the webpage or on the, um, the, the coding that suggests anything like uh, pointing towards what it is, but considering the least out on Steam, it's probably a PC port of Bayonetta 1. Um, some people have said Bayonetta 2, but that's probably not happening. Bayonetta 2 was funded and made partially by Nintendo, so there is no way that game's coming out anywhere else. That's but, pretty strange that yeah. Nintendo would want to put money into something like that. Well, allegedly what happened was Platinum had pitched Bayonetta 2 to Sega and they said, it's not going to sell. Get out of here. So they went to Nintendo, who they'd worked with previously, with Wonderful 101, and had said, look, we want to make this game. Are you interested? Nintendo at that time were looking for something to sell the Wii U with because the Wii U was flagging at the time and obviously didn't really help, unfortunately, even though it was a great game. Um, So Nintendo did co-fund and offered development assistance there is a there's an entire segment of the game that's a Star Fox reference. Like Oh like, yeah, you get the um outfit as well for it, don't you? Yeah. So like it's the game is intrinsically tied into Nintendo. So for that to come out on any other platform, the only way that's happening is emulation. Yeah. It's not coming out unfortunately. It's a great game, but it's not coming out anywhere else in the other than the Wii U, maybe a port for the Switch, but other than that, no. But um the first being it is a great game as well. Unfortunately, um <clears throat> the PS three version is notoriously rubbish. It's got like really bad frame rate issues whereas uh, the Xbox 360 version is a lot more stable it was obviously the format it was originally developed for I think it was released earlier on the Xbox 360 if I recall correctly so yeah a PC port that would be nice so of course 
the PC community. That's now a, a good game to them, so that'll be that's a that's a nice thing for them, I suppose. But you, you say it's like PC people see it as a good game, but there'll, there'll be a lot of people playing on PC that don't have a console or wouldn't invest in a console. Oh, yeah. that, 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 that's, that's a, it's a generalization. Yeah, I'm not. Sure, I'm not meaning that but, all PC players are like that. I mean, well, you're not like that. You play them primarily on PC, but I never said you were like that. I think what we need now is a knife fight. Yeah, right just... in if you want to fight Dave. Don't and don't fight him because that's bad. I like that. Probably no matter which side we pick, no one's going to be on the Xbox side here. No, that's uh, because what it's the Don fuck Matrix are Xbox doing? It's a fine piece of hardware, probably. Guys, Scorpio. It'll help. They cancelled Scalebound. That's yeah. They cancelled Scalebound. The one... That looked really cool. Yeah. It looked really good. Look, the combat looked weird, but it could have been really interesting. Do you know what would make me buy a Microsoft Xbox? Nothing. One. No, that's not true. Plenty of things. Games? No. Uh, I, let's say a HD port of Police Knots. Fully translated. It's never coming Um out. How about some uh, HD ports of Twilight Syndrome? Translated. Just any game that is not officially available in English that I like, I would probably buy an Xbox for it. Other than that, though, you're pretty much up shit creek. I'm not paying for one. I just fine I hardware, though. I don't understand the the ideas. Like, I mean, obviously the PS4 Pro did well because Sony have a good back catalogue of games. Announced what they were supporting it with and everything. Yeah, but the Scorpio doesn't have that. There is no there's no back- game coming out for it either where you're like, I want to play this. Yeah. In better. This. The the big the big title for that for the PS4 Pro was Horizon. Yeah, um, and fifteen and stuff like that as yeah. well. Um, where they made a big deal about it. Whereas Scorpio, they've what fucking crackdown. I think which might never come out. I think so. they're gonna try and do what Sony did last gen and go for the if if generations now are longer, they're gonna go for the tail end of the generation. Everyone will have bought a PlayStation Four five years ago, and they're like, "Well, you're looking for something new. Here's Xbox One," and oh, that's yeah. that's kind of what happened last generation. Xbox 360 was the strong, you know, opening yeah. uh, console. And then towards the end of the 10-year cycle or whatever it was, um, was it 2006 to 2014, 2013? 2013. Uh, so a long time. By the end of it, PlayStation 3 kind of picked up those sales, didn't it? Yeah. And a lot of people had PlayStation 3 towards the end who didn't have it at the start. I was one of those people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get one until 2010. Um, yeah, I didn't pick up my PS3 until yeah. quite far into the... Yeah, so I think we'll see is sort of like a, a, a relaunch of the Xbox. Yeah. They're quiet now and they're cancelling stuff because they know that that's not going to sell now. I think they've just put it on um, the back burner. Some might say life support, but I don't think that's correct. Um, and we'll see it sort of relaunched with Scorpio with some new titles announced alongside it. Hmm. Maybe try and be exciting. It's like, this is new, look what's happening. If they don't do that, then I think they're in trouble. I was saying to Brian earlier, they're still, this is still recovering for what they did at E3 2013. That was it. That, that was, was a massive blow for them. Yeah. That was one of the, you just have to see it in um, Jack's face, Jack Tretton. Yeah. When he's, when he's talking about it, you can see how smug he is. He deserves it. I, I'm almost guaranteed, like, I have this theory that E3 was decided by or this generation was decided by who was presenting first that E3. Because I'm sure that half of that was Sony backpedaling after they saw what happened to Microsoft. Oh, almost So if Sony went first, they'd have announced this, like, they'd have been always online stuff, no trade-ins, and then everyone would have been like, hang on a minute, this is shit. And then Microsoft, who did backpedal on it eventually, maybe not as fast, it would be all down to whether or not they 
would actually have the wherewithal to say, look what happened to Sony, we can capitalize on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could have been the decider. Sony only are where they are now by virtue of seeing Microsoft first out the gate, trip up, and fuck it. Yeah. But it was incredible. It sounds like shivers down my spine. Everyone starts chanting Sony. Have you seen it? The uh, E3. E3 2013 it was, at the Sony conference. Ah, so... Um, I, I do I remember the most of the fallout happening on Twitter. Yeah. Microsoft came out the, the day before or something, revealed what they were doing with the Xbox and said things like, you have to... Um, it's always online. You can't play without an online connection, yeah. stuff like that. Can't trade in games because once you've logged them on your account, they are tied to your account. Yeah. All the stuff that people were worried was going to happen, they sort of announced it. They didn't announce it as if, like, look at this feature. They kind of were just like, here's how this works. And people did not like it. So Sony, the day after, or the later that day, did their presentation. And basically, they had these slides, and they were just like, here's what you won't have to do on PlayStation 4. Yeah. And listed everything that Microsoft had done wrong. They were like, if you want to trade in your games, you can trade them in. You don't have to do this. And the way they were saying it, it's like, PlayStation 4 won't require you to check in every 24 hours. PlayStation 4 won't require you to do this. And then they did... They, those trailers that they did, it's like, here's how you um, lend a game to your friend on PlayStation 4. And it's just... Um, is it Yoshida? It's uh, Yoshida and um, Jack Trenton. And yeah. he goes, he passes over the yeah. The game. That was clearly filmed at E3. Yeah. But, like, backstage, just like, here's how you do it. So let, let's fuck with them. Yeah. It helped that like that year Sony had like an amazing E three. Like they had the trailer for Versus thirteen where they reannounced it's fifteen, they had the trailer for Kingdom Hearts three, it was yeah. a really, really good showing for them. In um, terms of games it was second to only to the recent one or not last E three before that. Where they just were like, Here's all the games that people thought weren't ever coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Shenmue three and Shenmue three, Last Guardian, seven remake. remake. Yeah. They had, a, they had a really good, a really strong show in that year. But, uh, yeah, Bayonetta. <laughs> I, would, I would buy Bayonetta again. Oh, it was a great game. Um, great game. Yeah. I've still not played it. It's. Do you like DMC? Yeah, I love DMC. Then you'd like Bayonetta. It's I've, like DMC if Dante was a woman. I think I've watched somebody yeah. playing it through, like a friend or something, and um, it did look like a lot of fun. It's yeah. um, the logical evolution of Devil May Cry's combat. Like, Can I ask Dave a very important question? What's Go that? Do you like long hair or short haired Bayonetta more? Bayonetta two designs better. Yeah, it's by um, far the pixie cut that wins it. Like the the Bayonetta one design's fantastic, um, but the one and two is just so much better. Designed by a woman, by the way. In fact, that's not she's not she was an actual fashion designer. If I recall, the um, the woman that designed Bayonetta. So, if I recall correctly, I don't recall anything. She has very stylish glasses. Yeah, and boots with guns in them. Yeah. And her clothes are made out of her hair. Yep. Yeah. So there are parts in the game where she's kind of briefly naked. Transformation sequences. Yeah, henching. She's she's naked while her hair eats a demon, usually. Yeah. Or an angel, sorry. Yes, yeah, it's, it's all very very tastefully done. Oh, it's um, Hideki Kamiya doing it at tea. He knows what he's doing. Although he didn't direct the second one. The second one, like, the, the combat's a little better, but the story isn't quite as cool. That's all I had to talk about news-wise. I guess we'll take a short break and then come back with what we've been playing this week. Sure. Well, hombre, you ready to get this show on the road? Welcome back to the to the ASMR podcast with with your host Funky Kong. As, just look up Funky Kong ASMR for for more context on that. We just had a, a ten minute conversation about that kind of that kind of deal. 
ASMR um, is funny. It's, it's, it's a weird kind of It's, it's very interesting, yeah. The thing is, it's the kind of thing where like some people are adamant it exists because they experience it, and yeah. then other people are adamant it doesn't exist because hmm. they've never experienced it. And some people just cash in on ASMR, ASMR Donkey Kong, yeah. divorce, <laughs> emotional support videos. <laughs> <laughs> Emotionally supportive Donkey Kong. 30 minutes of geese farting. <laughs> There's all sorts out there, you just have to find it yourself. Cheese whispering. Uh, maybe we should talk about video games no absolutely or not movies okay. or uh, TV there's been so much this week I played a video game what'd you play? Destiny Destiny, Destiny. <laughs> yeah cool you mentioned it uh, briefly earlier uh, The what's the Age of Triumph is it? yeah Age of Triumph right um, so this is kind of bringing Destiny to a close yeah it ends just before September ends in August that's it's the thing I spoke about the other day yeah I'm gonna get a t-shirt out of it it's gonna be pretty sweet it's so a nice t-shirt yeah. So is like is the the on is the servers for Destiny getting shut down completely? No, in it's gonna. They're gonna. They said that they're gonna still maintain them. Right. Right. You can go back and play Destiny One. Okay. Right. Because yeah, we mentioned before as well, we discussed this, and we weren't sure how that was going to work in terms yeah. of your character mm-hmm. being swapped over or your. I think appearance. it's just a case of whatever you were doing on Destiny One is still there. Right. Your character is still technically moving forward into Destiny Two, but. Mm will still exist in Destiny 1. Okay. And since you're not taking anything with you, it doesn't really matter what no. you do in the game. It's not going to affect Destiny 2. It's like Destiny if you went uh, and played um, uh, a sequel to a game, finished it, and then played the first one. Oh, right, okay. It's just frozen in, in one specific point in time. Yeah. Effectively. Probably. Who knows? They could have shut it down. Yeah. Probably. Wouldn't put it past them. So is it is it largely grinding that you're doing just now? Um... No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is... It's a 10-page book record book and in each bit there's like nodes that you have to complete and each node that you complete is like a little task or Mm -hmm. an objective and the objective gives you percentage towards your book if you get i think like 75 percent you've completed your book and you get a t-shirt and some other uh things so stuff like do this raid do this raid do this raid do this raid uh one i just completed was melee 250 enemies as a titan one is like one the first page is you have to have completed uh it's eight nodes or something seven nodes Mm. And each one is, the first one is complete an activity between Destiny Vanilla and the release of the Dark Below. And then the next one is complete an activity between the Dark Below and the House of Wolves. So it's basically just, you can only get those nodes by having been a player since that time. Mm-hmm. And I have all of them. Cool. Because I'm OG. Go you. And good at the game. Straight up G. That's not all I've been playing. What else have you been playing? Uh, that was a lie, wasn't it? <laughs> If you have to think oh, about it, it's a lie. Police knots. Police knots. Yeah. Cool. Um, which was a game released by Hideo Kojima. Made and released after he... No, right before... <clears throat> after? Before Metal Gear Solid. Before Metal Gear Solid. 1994. They do riff one of the tracks from it in Metal Gear. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they do. In the intro. Which which is something I picked up on having never played Police Knots. Boo, yeah. boo, 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 boo. That's the one. That's exactly what they did, right? Boom, 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 boom. Um, and then it has this funky bass line that goes dum 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 dum. Should we post the track in the? Oh yeah, we can. You can hear it. I always associate it with the with the title screen of the MGS One, which starts with or some something to that effect. Some cool facts about Police Knots, I guess. It's never been released in English. No. It was going to be released for the Sega Saturn, but they canned it. Um, for unknown reasons. I think it took so long. Mm. It originally came out in 1994 for the PC-9821. That's right. 
and it was uh, the first one. It was fully pixels, like mm-hmm. it has animation in it, but all animation is pixel artwork. Right. Um, then it was released in '95 for the 3DO, mm-hmm. uh, and in the 3DO they did full cell animation for a whole bunch of stuff and update updated the graphics and stuff. Yeah, and that then version was, was ported to the PS1. Yeah, which is in 1996. So the first one came out on the PC before Metal Gear Solid, but on the PlayStation 1, Metal Gear Solid came out first, then Place Knots. Another interesting fact is... Oh, I kind of... <clears> this is loaded. You'll know the answer now that I've said it's a fact about Police Knots. Is what is the first game that Meryl Silverberg uh, featured in? Oh, oh, I know. Yeah, what is it? Police Knots. Yeah, it's Police Knots. <laughs> Some would maybe say it was Metal Gear. I absolutely wouldn't have known that. Uh, if, if Metal Gear Solid. If it wasn't led into. Yeah. But they made that character for Police Knots. Uh-huh. Kojima liked her so much that he lifted her f- wholesale... And put her in uh, Metal Gear Solid with a tweaked background. Yeah, it's like, but, like she's legit just the same character, right? Yeah, because so nice. interestingly enough, in Police Knots, her backstory is when she, you're introduced, it's like, oh, she's a former member of Foxhound. Hmm. And she was involved in the uh, disturbance on Zan- uh, is it Zanzibar Land? Yes. Um, so she's she's a member of Foxhound who was at uh, <clears throat> Outer Heaven. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's really cool. In she's, Police Knots, but she's not actually, not in hasn't been there the yet. Metal Gear Solid canon. She wasn't there yeah. because she's... Uh, I don't know. So it's slightly different, but it's the same character, exactly the same character. That's really cool because yeah. she is a really strong character. She is, and she's she's got a pretty cool design, and her voice acting is fantastic. Yeah. As well, I'm so. no rookie, and I don't I don't Shake think she's on. I don't know if she's got. <laughs> I don't know if she's got voice acting in Police Knots. Um, I can't remember. It'd probably just, be before that, I'd imagine, right? Uh, well, there is voice acting in Police Knots. Oh right, but there a lot of it is just dialogue. Um, uh, with with text, it's not voice acted. It'll voice act. Bits that are important to the story, and then the rest is just whatever. Please right. Knots is a stellar game. It's mm-hmm. one of my favourite games. Dave will tell you how many copies I own of it. Like th- three, four, maybe? Uh, three, and a copy of Pilot Discs. And I was eyeing up two other copies at the weekend on eBay. Wow. Because it was released for a lot of different consoles. Because we went in a... Was it the, the day before we left Japan, we were in... Um, Mandarake. Mandarake, and you went to the game um, floor and found the 3DO copy. I, I found that. the 3DO copy in Mandarake. I got the um, and and the pilot disc I got from Mandarake. What's what's the pilot disc? The pilot disc came out before Police Knots. Okay, it's like a demo disc that you buy. Right. So okay. when people were like, "Oh, Ground Zeroes is a demo that you buy." Right. Kojima's been doing that since Free Deal. It was like it showed you some interviews about the game. It showed you uh, nice. a trailer and stuff like that, uh, and you could look through. Do you remember when they did the Metal Gear Solid database? Yes. It basically has like that, but for Police oh, Knots cool. and stuff. Uh, and then um, where Super Potato was where I found the other copy, um, mm. the Sega, was it the Sega Saturn copy I've got? Sat- yeah, I got the Saturn copy, which has like an art book and stickers. It's the special edition <clears> one that comes in this really nice case. Um, and I've got the PlayStation 1 version, which I ordered off of eBay. And now I want the, um, I want the PlayStation 1 has, there's a, it's called Private Collection. And I think that might be similar to Pilot Disc. I never, I don't know what it is, but I saw it on eBay. Okay, it's a separate release which doesn't have the original game in it. And then there's also a 3DO <laughs> version that comes with the 3DO mouse and a Police Knots ma- uh, mouse map. So dare I ask, which version have you been playing just now? Uh, the PlayStation One version, okay. which is the so only cell shaded graphics and... version I think that has been translated mm-hmm. and patched. I think fully. recently there was a Saturn patch that came out, but like as to my knowledge, the the only one. That I definitely know is being patched as the PS1 yeah. version. So you have to you have to have a ROM or ISO of Police Knots, oh. uh, and of course that must be 
a legal backup of your own copy. Or yes, your several copies. Or several case. copies. And then you can apply this patch to it, burn it to a disc, and play it on your PlayStation. Or um, I'm playing it on my Raspberry Pi. Uh-huh. I did just buy a 21-year-old hard uh, uh, disc drive, mm. hoping to burn it, because the PlayStation 1 only burns at four times speed. That's You have to burn at four times speed to play it on it, otherwise it's you're fucked. Right. All, uh, all those status updates about modifying your PlayStation and chipping games now make sense. Yes, it's uh, entirely legal. The hard drive doesn't work. The disk drive doesn't work, though. That's the tray good. won't come out, so I've opened it, and I'm trying to fix the mechanism so that I can finally play Police Knots on a CRT television. Or I could just get like an adapter for my Pi, uh-huh. but that's not authentic enough. Yeah, so much effort. It needs to be on proper hardware. Yeah, so I was playing that, and Destiny. Cool. And and finishing Nier. You finished Nier? No, I'm finishing it. Oh, <clears> still <throat> finishing it? Yeah. Play Police Knots, everybody. I, I'd really like to. I yeah. would really like to. It's better... Oh. Actually, I can't say this. Johnny might hit me. It's better than Snatcher. <gasps> and tentatively, I've got the ISOs and, an, and a real copy as well. Is Snatcher course. another Kojima game? Yes. yes. And is this uh, pre-Metal Gear? Snatcher is... No. Oh, uh, or Snatcher Metal Gear is Solid, after so. Metal Gear. Uh, but before Metal Gear Solid. Okay. Uh, I think Snatcher is before Police Knots. And it's something that Johnny's really into. Yeah. Here's a couple of facts about Snatcher. Yeah, yeah go for it. So, um, originally... Always happy to hear yeah. more about Kojima games. Kojima's mental. Originally what he wanted to do... So this is another game that was released for a PC uh-huh. and then ported to other consoles later. It came out on Sega Saturn. This one actually was released Sega in CD. English. Sega CD. Um, was released in English and uh, in PAL and in American mm-hmm. markets. For the original release, Kojima wanted to coat the floppy disk in um, some sort of chemical that, when heated up, would make your computer smell of blood. <laughs> I think I remember you telling me that. Yeah. That's insane. He's, he's mental. So um, Resident Evil 7 did something recently with their VR candle, yeah. where you light it and it smells of blood. Yeah. It smells of blood and damp wood. Yeah. Um, Kojima was doing this way back when, and he wanted the heat from your floppy disk heating up yeah. to be the source of the smell. And I think Konami were just like... There is no way you are coating our game in something that smells of blood. We want people to buy it and enjoy the game. It also sounds like <clears throat> it could be quite problematic for yeah. your, your floppy drive yeah. or your computer. Uh, disgusting, too. There's no option to turn it off. A you little bit, just, yeah. yeah. No. Um, and then also, uh, Metal Gear Mark II. Uh, I've also fucked this one. What do you think the first game Metal Gear Mark II appeared in? Was it Metal Gear Solid 4? No, you're wrong. <laughs> that character appeared first in Snatcher years That's and right. years before Metal Gear Solid 4. This is your little uh, robot little companion. Little robot companion, yeah. Um, who, the, I think that's the only Metal Gear game he's appeared in, is 4. It yeah. is. Um, but he <clears throat> appeared in Snatcher, and he was called Metal Gear Mark II. Uh, and there's a bar in Police Knots called The Solid Snake. I'm a big Hideo Kojima fan. It's all really cool. Yeah. I, I like that all of his work kind of gels together. And now he's like, with um, Death Stranding, he's starting a completely new continuity yeah. in the Kojima universe. We'll, we'll never get uh, a sequel or a, a re-release of Snatcher or Please Knots. Uh, Zone of the Enders, some great games that Kojima's done that aren't Metal Gear. Hopefully they're so obscure that Konami won't um, Renew strip the vinyl off yeah. anything. Uh, there was a vinyl recently released for Snatcher though, so mm. maybe they are. It's on their radar. I hope not. We'll see. What has somebody else been playing? Um, <laughs> Sorry. I have been playing The Binding Isaac Rebirth and um, Hard Edge. Hard Edge. Which is uh, also called TRAG Mission Immersion in the US. It was renamed because it has to be more hardcore and cool Trick. when it gets 
Trag. 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 Um, it's, I'm not going to speak too much about it because there will be a, a reason because we're going to speak about it later. Um, <clears throat> basically, it was released in 1998 by Sunsoft, who are not hugely well-known. Uh, they do still exist, though. They were bought by Marvelous in mid-2005, I think it was. Um, they did a couple of games for the Neo Geo. They did a, a fighting game called Waku Waku 7, mm-hmm. which was recently released for the Switch. Um, it's they're kind of like a cult Japanese developer. Um, <clears throat> so basically what this game is, it is, um, imagine Die Hard, right? But really anime. Um, there's no John McClane. Um, and there's no... Um, Hans Gruber. It's just anime. And You're losing me. I know. I know. It's like it's it, it involves a tall building which you have to climb up. Okay. Um. So <clears throat> it was it was released in 1988, and it is basically a Resident Evil clone. Um. It controls exactly like Resident Evil. Um. The whole point of the game is like you have to make your way around several rooms, find items to unlock more rooms, and progress through it and find out what's going on. Which the game never really explains to you because the game's story is just fucking a pile of shit, really. It's awful. <laughs> um, the voice acting is some of the worst I've ever heard in my life. It's really, really bad. But obviously this game was, it was obviously released in the English territories on like a budget, maybe like a pound fifty and a bit of a bulgum or something like that. Um, awful, awful voice acting. But the game itself is quite, it's, it's evidently quite ambitious. Like it does a lot of different things. It's not just an RE clone. Mm-hmm. It's got um, melee combat. Like, you can actually juggle enemies with some with some attacks, which is weird. Um, melee combat. Four different characters you can play, all with different abilities, and like they all have different like button inputs and combos and stuff. Because mm. a lot of it's based around melee combat. Like there's only one character that has a gun, and he's really OP because none of the other characters, like none of the other enemies I've encountered so far, have guns. Um, so you can just basically camp at what the end of one corridor and just shoot everybody with him. Okay. Um, uh, so there's four different characters, two different scenarios that happen simultaneously, and you can switch in real time between all the characters, un- unless there's a story reason for you not being able to. Um, so it's quite ambitious. Um, I think I'm quite near the end of it, so it's not a very long game, it seems. I've maybe like five hours long at max. Um, but you can tell for like being a small Japanese developer, they had big ideas and they wanted to really like say well Resident Evil done this but we can do it bigger and better we can set it in a, a building we can have it set in like, like a weird sort of cyberpunk future full characters all everything and missing the point a little bit yeah um, it's it's trying to be bigger and better and it doesn't really do any of that it's it's an interesting wee game it's that kind of weird time <clears throat> where the, like a lot of games had growing pains yeah um, because, like Resident Evil had pioneered something so well <clears throat> and everybody was trying to latch onto that Galerians. The Galerians, Kodelka, everything like that. Uh, even Mega Man Legends to an extent, that kind of um, gels into that. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, it's a weird little game. Um, not particularly um, hard to get a hold of. Like, I think I paid a tenner for it. But it's, it's worth looking into. The other thing I've been playing, like I said, Binder Isaac Rebirth, which I have had for a couple of years on PS4. Great wee game. Um, very addictive. Mm-hmm. Um, roguelikes I'm not particularly good at. Um, but I do find them like... If like I've I'll, I'd, I'd not played it for like a couple of months, and when I start playing a roguelike again, like I'll end up just like a time sink, and I'll put like five hours in it, like over the course of like a couple of days. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Binding Isaac's like a, a really like probably the best roguelike I've I've played in modern systems, like probably ever to be honest. It's by a uh, team meat, same guys that did Super Meat Boy, right? That's right, yeah. Um, really similar art <clears throat> styles. It's really reminiscent of the kind of old Flash games you'd play on Newgrounds. Yeah, the kind of heavy outlines and almost graffiti-like like character that's, design. It's because Flash 
has smoothing. Yeah, you yeah. Can, if you draw a line, it'll smooth it for you, yeah. and it gives it this very specific it, it's style. That really, uh, had. well, yeah, Meat Boy really... was originally a Flash game. Super Meat Boy was an evolution of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, like the, the guy, I can't remember his name, though, but the guy used to do a lot of Newgrounds work. Uh, he was one of the, the kind of more um, Edmund prolific Mc... talents. Edmund talents. McMillan. And Edmund McMillan, that's the guy. He was one of the more prolific talents in Newgrounds. Um, if you've ever watched Indie Game the movie, you'll recognise him from that. That's got yeah. Phil Fish in it, right? It does. I, I don't think he likes Phil Fish very much, if I recall correctly. Um, I don't think anybody likes Phil Fish very no, much. No, I don't think Phil Fish likes Phil Fish very much, to be honest. But yeah, it's, um, there's so much going on in that game. Like, There's been quite a few updates. I don't own the Afterbirth update, which added even more items, but like, there's literally hundreds of items, different mm. the room variations, so there's so much going on. And, and it's just, it's so easy to just restart running again if you die. Yeah. Um, it's one of the games that's, you can, you could, you could, you can sit down sometimes and you can think, well, I might sit down and put some hours in an RPG, I'll, I'll plan my character out, I'll get far, I'll beat this boss, or I could just play an hour of Binding Isaac. And it's completely mindless, pick up and play, it's, and you can it's just good like, fun. Right, there's, no, there's very little input to it other than hold the analog stick the right way. Or your keyboard, like holding the directional buttons the right way, pressing a button every so often. It's yeah. like it's pretty easy to play. So some of the themes that it deals <clears> with are pretty grotesque, but other than that, I mean, it's it's a really good. It's a very. Sure. I, I know that Liam doesn't like it because it's a quite a, a, an ugly game. Yeah, it's too much. Um, I really like the mechanics. I enjoy playing it, but I just don't like the way it looks. It's very it looks grotesque. Me makes me feel a bit sick. Yeah. Um, it deals well with like weird themes, like involving like um. Like, but obviously, like the biblical theme is the the big driving force of it. Um, but like a lot of it is like involving like fucking uh, miscarriages and stillbirth, and it's really quite weird and horrible. Crass. Yeah, it's, it's sorry. Uh, obviously, like, it, it, there's there's like the really sort of deeply disturbing stuff, and then you've just got like there's just shit everywhere. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's a really um kind of grimy color palette as well. Yeah, I, I think like a lot of um. Edmund McMillan's games are kind of like that. They're, yeah. Like he deals with a lot of adult themes and uh, themes that m- most people would find grotesque. Yeah, he's um, but he's, he's good at it. I mean, he's certainly he's turned it into an art form that that works for him. Yeah, so I mean, like it's it's such an addictive wee game. It's um, it's a run generally takes about an hour, but it flies by. It feels like fifteen minutes sometimes, especially if you get like a good combination items, and that's one of the big appeals of the game is like what's what are you going to get that what like usually you can tell what kind of run you're going to have within the first two floors of a run yeah um and it's, it's really similar to spelunky in that way yeah. like if you have a good run on the first level then the rest kind of falls into place yeah. like you're, you're you're kind of thinking on the flies like right i've got this item which modifies how i'm attacking enemies this way how can how do how do i deal with this going forward and what would i like to deal what would i like to have that would allow me to continue playing in the the way that I'm planning to based on this one item or two items. Yeah. And the other great thing is like there's so many different items interact with each other. Um and you can get so many different variations of how you attack enemies. So like you, you can shoot tears, you can shoot lasers, you can shoot um um you can hold tears in midair and then use choose to shoot them whenever you want. You can there's one that has you controlled one tier, um but like you psychically control it and move it around the level. Um so there's like there's so many different variations based on that. It's just it's incredibly addictive. I'm probably explaining it terribly, but I don't care. I've had a completely unproductive week because I've been playing and watching and just enjoying so much. I've still not touched near Automata. I've not gone back to it. That's despicable. It's unforgivable. But it's so I want when I sit and play it, I don't yeah. want to have any other distractions no. because mm-hmm. it is. It's the kind of so much of it is um, 
uh, th- there's so much going on in that game that you really mm-hmm. have to be able to focus on what's happening in the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I'm just now I'm jumping between Dark Souls three. Uh, you guys saw me get my ass handed mm-hmm. to me earlier because The Ring City was released a couple of days ago, mm. and I I kind of forced myself to get through to like end game area so that I could play mm-hmm. it uh, this morning. And between that and Mass Effect Andromeda, I kind of I'm saving Near mm-hmm. Automata, and also after the after i was editing and listened to the resident evil podcast that we recorded again i've been watching true detective oh so i've been binging that are you enjoying it oh it's so good it's fantastic it's such a good series if if anyone hasn't listened to the resident evil podcast go watch true detective it's a really good tv series really really good and again i can't believe that 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 flew under the radar for me for so long i think it's one of those ones where everybody who watched it loved it critics loved it and people know about it it's one that it's not it's not like Walking Dead or Game True. of Thrones. It's not it's, it, it's not it, like a phenomenon. So far no. it feels kinda of more like Fargo. Yeah. Fargo's incredible. Fargo's a great series as well. I mean I think that's maybe why I'm liking it because it's it's the same it's format. It's really self contained. Yeah. Each um, season is like one story. Yeah. So. I think what's um what maybe kinda like made made it be a bit of a sort of more under the radar thing is like obviously stuff like th- stuff like the Walking Dead now that deal with like, like oh no, it's getting worse, like people are dying that Whereas um, True Detective deals with a lot, a lot more sort of unsettling stuff like the what human nature is, yeah, like the the really awful conspiracies it's kind of and stuff. Like, yeah, well, nihilistic. It's, yeah, like the 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 kind of overriding theme for a lot of the series is world, the world is really really shit. Human beings are yeah, shit. Human <laughs> beings are bad to each other. I would say don't watch True Detective season two. I never okay. finished it. It's dire. Johnny says it's okay, so I've um, you might make want to make up your own mind. I might do. I might do. We'll see. Because I've got so many other things to, to get through. And I mean, I was talking about other things that I was watching as well. Like Rick and Morty aired yesterday. Like I thought when I, somebody told me it just like it had been streamed and it was out, that it was an April Fool's joke. Yeah. But no, it's there. It's a full uh, episode. It, somebody posted it on Facebook as well. Like, I mean, I've, I've never seen a full episode of something posted on Facebook. No, I think I think that's the way they've... It's obviously a marketing thing. Yeah, yeah. It, they're just pushing it to wherever they can host it so that everyone gets in on it and i don't know if that will necessarily continue throughout the entire series i don't but, think so but it's, it started off so good it's a really <laughs> strong episode dave caught a bit of it when when he came in as well it's um it's kind of crazy what happens in that episode to be honest yeah i mean it's it's just such a good show and it's been it, a long time coming as well rick and Morty season three october 2015 is when season two rounded Finished. up really yeah. yeah there's been a whole big thing where people are like when's it coming out when's it coming oh out? right yeah what else? I saw Ghost in the Shell last night. Yeah. Which we will, like, Liam hasn't seen it yet, but yet. we'll maybe talk about it further um, at a later date. I don't want to go into too much detail. I've heard good things. I've heard that it's not Ghost in the Shell, but it's not a bad film. I'd agree with that. Um, so I think it sounds like your mileage may vary. It depends how much you can leave Ghost in the Shell at the door mm. when you go in. If you, if you know nothing about Ghost in the Shell and you yeah. just want to go and see like an action sci-fi film, do it. It's uh, it's enjoyable enough. If you're a huge Ghost in the Shell fan, you're probably going to get less from it because yeah. you'll have expectations, expectations. Yeah. maybe some kind of premeditated mm. ideas of of what you're expecting going in. Mm. But I yeah, mixed mixed feelings on it. Like it was visually, it's incredible. I think it was cast pretty well. It's got Takeshi Kitano in it. He, he, yeah, he was kind of wasted. Was he? That's a shame. Yeah, he's he's good in it, but I love like because I really like uh, 
is it Togusa? Uh, yeah. The guy who's playing him looks great. Yeah. Doesn't look like Togusa, but I like that guy. I recognize him from other things. Bato looks cool. Yes, Pilo Asbik. Yeah. Who's playing him? He's he's in Game of Thrones as well. Oh, is he? Uh, Ash who's... told me before the show. He he's um uh Euron Greyjoy. Oh. The crazy uncle. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a really good actor. And I thought Takeshi Kitano was a great casting choice for that guy. Um the the chief or whatever. Uh Yes, but his, his name escapes me well. just now. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he just felt kind of wasted, That's and a shame. it was it was really strange as well because throughout the film he was the only person speaking in Japanese. Yeah, and there's obviously a sci-fi element there where like people don't understand him, whether it's from communicators or yeah. something. But but they're they're all Japanese, aren't they? In uh, the in the anime, in the anime, everyone is Japanese. In so, this, it was kind not. of there's right. mixed nationalities. Because um, well, um, Pilo Asbik, who plays Bato, is Danish. Right, I don't know if he he was supposed to be Danish in the film or what nationality yeah. he was. Obviously, uh, I almost Scarlett said, Johansson. Yeah, I almost said Mila Jovovich. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Both uh, have similar acting talent. I'm not a big fan of. They're kind of typecast <laughs> in the same films. Um, but yeah, she's American. That's a contentious point. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll leave that aside anyway. I think yeah. I've kind of gone down a, the path where I could start ranting about the film again. But yeah. overall, it was it was enjoyable. But, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. So I'll go back to games. I, I did start playing Mass Effect since we last recorded. How many glitches have you seen? Uh, glitches? Glitches? None. Yeah. Uh, I saw the I saw the gun. You mentioned it in one of the podcasts where P- PB's gun was back to front when she fired yeah. it. And I guess it was it was so quick. That you wouldn't. That I wouldn't have known. known but I looked for it specifically because I saw the scene framing and I was like, that's the scene. Yeah. And I was like, the gun is back to front. The some of the animations are a bit a bit off, which is a shame because the the general direction, like the the camera angles and everything, are spot on. But it means scenes that should maybe be have a little bit more emotion in the acting just don't. Yeah, and you, it can be a little off putting. But overall, right now I'm just getting introduced to the to the main plot. Um, I'm maybe three four hours in. I haven't played it a lot. I've yeah. tried tried multiplayer as well. Um, and I've I've just kind of started to meet a few alien squad mates, which is what Mass Effect kind of is for me. Yeah. I mean, if you imagine watching Star Trek and there's no aliens on the Enterprise, then it's not. It's quite boring. Yeah. And that's that's how this has started. That's that's how the first Mass Effect game started as well. You really just had your human squad, mm-hmm. and I think when aliens start getting introduced, it starts to get a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that the the pace will pick up, and I'll have more to talk about next time. Other than that, playing the Ring City, it's pretty tough so far. I mean, I'm, I'm mostly running through and trying to avoid enemies, but I am yeah. getting my ass handed to it. It looks a lot like um, the Old Hunters DLC, like visually. At least the very first part of the Old Hunters DLC in uh, Bloodborne. The Old Hunters, in terms of visuals, do you mean the, the environment kind the of in- being warped and... Yeah, well, that's, that's I mean, I don't want to go into spoiler territory regarding the Old Hunters, but yeah, it definitely resembles that, and there's mm. a reason for it, so. Yeah, it's it's cool. I've been looking forward to this DLC for a long time. I suppose the, the downside is it's potentially the last Dark Souls we're ever going to get. Yeah, which I think is maybe a good idea. Uh, take a break from it, stop it from getting stale. Yeah, and give him something fresh to yeah. focus on for a while as well. Um, I, I'm excited to see what he comes out with. Yeah, I think I think he's, and certainly um, I think he will become more prominent. But he's a very good director. Yeah, um, maybe a little underappreciated, 
when in, in comparison to like um, Kojima. Um, I think that's possibly Kojima's had a long time on him. Yeah, he has. Kojima's been around since nineteen eighty-two. Yeah, like I, I think uh, I just mentioned it because if you think Japanese game director Kojima's yeah. usually the the go-to face. Yeah, like he's he's the kind of person, the first person that most people would imagine. Certainly for me, anyway. I think uh, Miyazaki is a great director in his own right. Yeah, considering um, he just he did do stuff like Armored Core and that before um, yes. Souls. The Armored Core series was um, quite niche. Like I had a quite a small but dedicated fan base. Um, but it's like Souls kind of came out of nowhere with Demon Souls, which was a kind of cult title. Then mm. it kind of exploded with Dark Souls and went for there. So he's he's made a, a big impression in a short amount of time. So it'll be exciting to see what else he's got. Um, Definitely be very interesting. Um, so if you guys don't have any other games to talk about, no. should we move on mm-hmm. to some of the messages we've had from listeners? Yeah. Sure. Cool. Um, so Ian has messaged us in, um, and he's been telling us what he's been playing. Uh, so I'm just going to read a wee bit that he's sent in. So this week I've been playing a ton of TIS-100. Uh, the basic idea is that you have to solve puzzles by using programming. Mm. But it's really basic programming. You only have about 10 different commands, but wrangling them into a program that does what you need can be really complicated. Some of the puzzles are crazy tricky, but really satisfying. When a simple task like multiplying two numbers together is hard, imagine how tough it can be to sort a list of numbers. There's also this strange and foreboding meta-narrative between levels. Where did this computer system come from? What was it used for? How did you end up with it? It's utterly unique and definitely worth checking out if it sounds at all interesting. Yep. Um, meta-narrative sounds a wee bit like um, Papers, Please. Yes. So you've got the, the sort of tasks that you're set out to do and each level requires you to complete these tasks yeah. but within that there's that sort of story of the, the secret agents trying to contact you and stuff. The story that's inferred via the gameplay itself. Yeah. So I've never heard of this game, TIS 100. It's uh, it's in my list. I've, it? I've played it for like about five minutes and then I realised that, okay, I'm going to have to invest a bit, little bit of time to figure out how this game actually works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's quite daunting when you first start the game up the the mm. interface is really basic it's just like a black and white screen with a lot of numbers yeah. um but it's imagine uh you know like the factory automation games you get yeah uh it's very similar to that but with numbers oh, so, so you like, set up a bunch of processes like a Goldberg machine. i guess it kind of is once you get it working once you have mm. the solution for it right. it's like it's a machine that will infinitely process right, right. um okay. calculations okay. but it's a good game and i'm glad to hear he's enjoying it yeah uh it's I've heard good things from like from people that I know have played this game. I haven't heard many complaints. Right, I bet Chris has played it. Probably, it's, yeah. It's it very. I think it's very compelling. If you've got like a kind of uh, problem-solving mentality, yeah, it's very rewarding. I've got a message from Thomas Phillips, who's a workmate of mine. Mm-hmm. He's been playing Boys on the switch oh i've played that for mobile it's quite good yeah so it's it's out on ios and presumably android Android, is it the the music game yeah it is it's a a rhythm uh game i think i've played that Mm. i think it's a korean rhythm game right uh yeah so i mean if you imagine like your your japanese music games there's usually a lot of vocaloid and songs that you would uh be familiar with um this one less so but the the actual um game itself is is pretty cool it's good fun the, the, a lot of the artists are like Chinese and Japanese. Um, I think there's some Korean ones in there. Like I, I've noticed a few, um, like uh, like kind of J core artists in there. Like not huge ones, but like mm. smaller ones that I've I've seen on like compilation discs and stuff. Um, the same developers I can't remember their name. 
Um, they made Implosion Never Lose Hope, which is a really good 3D action game for the, for mobile devices as well. Cool. They're very accomplished. So I'll read out uh, Thomas's message. What a cracking game. I've only played four songs and I'm in love. And I got a max combo on my first attempt at a hard song. Definitely was an easy hard song. I played one after that had more stuff that turned my fingers into fudge. Holding with one hand while tapping with another and then going into a slide. I've no clue what 70% of the UI is doing. There are buttons that add something to another thing before I play a song. Not a peep what those mean. And he sent a screenshot of his uh, his S rank and his, his perfect combo track. Which was uh, emotion and rhythm, if that means anything to anyone listening. It's not one I've heard of. Um, it's a it's a really visually appealing game. Like it's, it's obviously, like um, it's mostly just tap the things on the screen. Yeah. But like the the way that it, like it, it it's all based on like lines and buttons, and and the way that it, like it it looks a lot like a visualizer. Yeah. It's a really appealing l- thing to look at while you're playing. It feels like you're actually doing something on screen rather than just tapping a series of buttons. Yeah. It's 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 really nice, and it's uh it's free on iOS, so it's. It's worth picking up. The only the only um, thing is that with the Switch version, mm-hmm. you do get I think all the songs unlocked from the get go because you're paying for it. Yes, whereas that's in the true. mobile versions, you have to pay for them separately. So there is that. It's uh, it can get expensive if you're buying the tracks individually. But it's uh, I mean, yeah, try it out yeah. if you've got it on if you if you have a mobile device that supports it first. If you've got a Switch, um, apparently it's pretty good. Uh, I've got a couple more comments uh from twitter from ninja steven yuka pants who had a little conversation about final fantasy 14 ninja steve writes he's playing final fantasy 14 because he's garbage and the last patch pre stormblood dropped this week i asked him if he was going into full-on hermit mode and he responded with nothing as drastic as hermitage just trying to finish my relic and hit full 60s like yuka pants only a couple to go and Yuka messaged saying that she's also playing Final Fantasy fourteen, trying to get all her classes to level sixty before the expansion comes out. I know that the um, I don't know was this discussed last podcast where you, um, they've they've removed the time limit on the free accounts now. Uh, we didn't mention it. No, um, it's now anything up to level thirty five, as long as you had a, a free trial account beforehand. Right. Um, you do not have to sub and until any content up to level content up to level 35 are there any other caveats to that i don't think so right so you could essentially get character level all jobs and uh crafting to level 35 and then go on there i, I think like most like the real meat is in the post game anyway which is like level 15 upwards i believe so uh yeah yeah so the main main story quest uh certainly up until heavensward is uh level 50 yeah so i mean like um i, I would love to get back into 14 but I know that I would play it for a month and yeah. peel back out again, so I'm not gonna. It's gonna be a waste of my time and everybody that wants to play with me their time as well. So I would rather not do I, that. I know our pal Liz has started playing as well. Yes. Uh, after saying she wasn't going to go back to it, I'm calling you out. And yeah, I, I'm gonna just say right now, I, I don't think I can go back to it. I, I was really excited for Stormblood, but just in terms of time that I have to, to yeah. spend on this, it's it will just drain me. Did you know that WWE have a partnership with Square Enix for Stormblood at WrestleMania? Didn't I did not. Um, I don't know what it is. They have a banner for a, a, um, WrestleMania Access, which is in Florida at the moment. Um, I will let everybody know next week what happened at WrestleMania. Um, I'm not watching it tonight. I'll watch our catch-up version with that. I'm not really that interested in it, but I want to see because usually like, WWE don't do things in half measures. They will go full force on something. So... I'd like to see what bullshit they come out with. That'll be interesting to, to hear. 
Okay, so shall we move on to the poorly remembered game quote? Yep, that's uh, everything. This week's poorly remembered game quote, that's my one. Mm-hmm. And it's not poorly remembered, because I've got it written down <laughs> just here. But there is a wee thing to be aware of. It's not verbatim. Okay. Because I have removed certain elements from it. That uh, okay. Here it is. In my restless dreams, I see that town. You promised you'd take me there again someday, but you never did. Well, I'm alone there now, in our special place, waiting for you. That's the, the game quote. Tell me what it is. Everybody knows what it is. I know what game it is. That special town. Special town. Mark Inch. Yes. Right. Wick. <laughs> Wick. Right, so if you think you know the answer to Liam's quote, get in touch. Uh, you can email us at podcast at com. You can leave a message or a comment, as some people might call them, on the, the blog post. You can leave us a message on SoundCloud. You can get in touch with us via Facebook at the Azarin Podcast or Azarin. And uh, let us know what you've been playing, if nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. Right, we should be back again next week with another show. Yes. Catch you later. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.